0: Okay, we are ready to get to the final part of the reset button this morning, our series on reconciliation and forgiveness. And we've been talking about uh, hitting the reset button in relationships. It always comes attached with forgiveness and a restoration, reconciliation. Last week, we talked about uh, the method of reconciliation. From the words of Jesus in Matthew 18. And you may remember that step one is to go to your brother or sister privately and try to work things out. If that doesn't solve it, step two is to take one or two others with you in the spirit of meekness uh, to seek restoration. And if that doesn't work, then there is the very rare step three, which is to take it before the church. Now this morning we're headed to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we are still talking about the reset button, but in a totally different way this morning. Uh, today we're going to see the ministry of reconciliation that God has given to all believers. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I hope you'll stay after church today uh, for the special Summer Kids Club celebration. And I know many of you have helped in some way in the summer. You're helping today. And praise God for your willingness Uh, Next Sunday, we have our Labor Day Sunday breakfast at 9.30 out in the gymnasium, and Lord willing, uh, Pastor Andrew and Lauren Beck and their kids will be with us, and I know there's been some information that's gone out about giving them some groceries and supplies, gift cards, et cetera. Uh, If you have any questions about that, please call the church this week about that, and let's have a nice surprise ready for them uh, when they get here next week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start to read it today at verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of Reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be you reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is one of the most powerful passages in all of scripture. And uh, I love reading and studying this passage and excited to get into it in our message today. Uh, When you receive Jesus as your savior, you are granted personal peace with God along with eternal life. But reconciliation with God isn't just for your personal peace and fulfillment, it is given so that it may be given again. And this passage clearly defines the role that we've been given as Christians in spreading the hope of peace with God. And we're going to see the passage in four parts this morning, and I hope you'll follow along with me in the notes that are provided in your bulletin. Uh, or on the YouVersion app. Let's talk first about the gift of reconciliation. The gift of reconciliation. If you look again at verse number 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. old, all things are become new. All things are made new in Christ. And it, through him, we have the immeasurable gift of peace with God. And that gift comes with all sorts of benefits. Uh, When you get saved, uh, you really don't understand all the benefits that come with it, right? The benefit package you learn over time. And uh, we receive a personal connection with Jesus Christ. We can go boldly to his throne anytime with our needs and our cares. Uh, That's a benefit of being reconciled with God. He's the mediator between God and man. Uh, Another benefit, we receive the Holy Spirit of God as a constant help and companion. The Spirit lives in each believer as a guide, as a comforter. Uh, We receive God's power to claim victory over sinful behaviors and addictions. Uh, All the things that make us miserable, God helps deliver us from those. That's another benefit. Uh, Also, we are given the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And those things are given to us to make us more like Jesus every day. How about the benefit of joy? Uh, only believers in Jesus can rejoice in the Lord always, in good times and bad, in every situation and circumstance. Wow. Let's well, Think of all these benefits. Another benefit that Jesus offers is a life without worry. We can cast our burdens on him. We don't have to be overwhelmed. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, that rest is one of the incredible benefits of being a Christian. You might be a Christian and you say, Pastor, I don't feel very resting. Well, let me encourage you to read Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 for yourself and notice the first three words. Come unto me. If you aren't coming into his presence, you won't find the rest that Jesus offers, right? If you don't ever uh, go before God and come to the presence of Jesus Christ, you're not going to get these benefits that have been given to you. Of course, we also have the benefit of being part of the Bride of Christ, of living for all eternity in the presence of God. And uh, Jesus has even prepared a place for us to live. I could go on and on this morning about the benefits of being a Christian. There are so many, uh, that there's no way we could cover them in one church service. He daily loads us with benefits, it says in Psalms. The peace we have with God is a gift. And that gift in turn allows us to be at peace with other people. Our earthly relationships are healed at the foot of the same cross where the blood of Jesus heals our eternal relationship. And and so reconciliation with God is a gift, but so is our reconciliation with our fellow man because Jesus makes all things new. Jesus is the only one that can make relationships new. He's the only one. He's the only one that can heal and repair and restore and redeem things that we never thought could be redeemed. You know, that's what it means when it says that he works all things together for good to those who love him. It doesn't mean that all the things that happen in your life are good, right? There's bad things that happen in your life. Every single person in this room has had bad things happen in your life. Some of them because of your own choices, some of them because of the choices of others, and some of them just because of life, natural disasters, horrible experiences, things that came with the weather, things that came with your health. They aren't all good things, but the good news is that Jesus can redeem all the bad things that have happened to you, and he can make them for your good. That's what it means for him to make all things new. Now, I want you to go further into verse number 18, and let's break it down a little bit. It says, and all things are of God. So that's what we're talking about, right? He's the only one who's able to redeem, restore, reset. He's the only one who can do this. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's talk in the second part today about the gift of giving reconciliation. Okay? The gift of giving reconciliation. Because we've been blessed with this marvelous gift, we now have the special ministry of offering it to others. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. What an honor that is. We are privileged to carry hope with us wherever we go, whoever we meet. And hope is our business. So how's business? Does it seem like you're passing along hope with you in this life? Are people walking away from you more hopeful or less hopeful? The world is watching. You think about this, most people on this earth will never read the bible but they will watch christians right they'll watch christians and if if we don't live like we have hope why would they want what we have right if we act like everybody else and our lives are the same roller coaster as everybody else's are why would they want what we have But hope is our business. And if the only way someone could understand the hope of Jesus was through you and me, would they be able to grasp the good news? Now this isn't rockin' science. Rockin' science. Rockin' science either. It's it's neither kind of science. Rockin' or rockin'. Uh, If hope is our business, then it seems like that we're gonna have to talk about hope right? It seems like we're going to have to have faces that actually offer hope. And we're going to have to live like we have real hope. Those things in themselves would be much much more hopeful than the news of the day, right? If you are a plumber, I'm guessing that you talk quite a bit about plumbing. If you are a lawyer, you probably talk about legal things, If you're a teacher, you probably talk about teaching methods or about crazy students, right? Uh, How is it that Christians, many Christians, never talk about Christ, right? If hope is our business, how could it be that we never talk about the hope? Our hope's not supposed to be hidden. It's not supposed to be a secret. Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation, When I was a little kid, maybe five or six, uh, our family had these friends that lived a couple blocks over, and and their teenage son started delivering the neighborhood newspaper. It wasn't the city newspaper. It was just the one just for the neighborhood. And the only catch was uh, he had to go out on Saturdays and sell them every week if he wanted any money. And so he'd carry this bag that had the rolled up local newspaper in it. And he'd go up to the door and try to sell the newspaper. And uh, he, was a, he was having a tough time. He was a teenage kid. And a lot of teenage boys just don't have a lot of confidence, right? And he had acne problems. And he was struggling in life. And we've all been there, right? We've all been in that awkward stage. And uh, so I was just a little kid, five or six years old. So he would come over to my house and get me to help him. He probably offered me a cookie or something, Uh, But for me, it wasn't a chore, because back then, I loved going to sell The Grit. That was the name of the newspaper, The Grit. Okay, that's what they called it. He'd take me up to the door, and he would hold the papers, and I would say, You want to buy a Grit for 25 cents? And uh, I was a bona fide newspaper salesman. And for a little while, that's all I talked about. Now, later, when I got older uh, and more shy about selling stuff, and I got to that awkward stage, I didn't like to sell stuff. And uh, so I used my little sisters to sell my uh, candy bars for school fundraisers and stuff like that. Uh, I would take little Emily or little Sharon into a business, and I'd hold the box of candy bars while the little girl started giving her spiel. I have some delicious Hershey milk chocolate and almond bars. They're only $2.00. How many would you like, right? And all the women, oh, I think I'll have four. I think I'll have five. And we would unload the whole box, right? And uh, they would buy handfuls. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you remember the joy you had in Jesus those first days when you became a Christian? Just the excitement of knowing that you have eternal life, knowing that you have a relationship with God, knowing that things have been made right between you and God. If you've never had that joy, you may want to consider whether or not you've truly received Christ into your life. Because the joy that believers have when they first know Christ is childlike. You know why? Because it requires childlike faith to be a believer in Jesus Christ. You have to come to him as a little child. And uh, you truly believed in Jesus. And if there's ever a time when we need to reclaim a spirit of joy and hope, it is right now. Uh, According to the culture, Christians are depressing and judgmental and opinionated and political. Now, I know some of those negative stereotypes are false. Okay, I know a lot of Christians who are not any of those things. But overall, shouldn't we be known as a people of hope? Shouldn't we be known as a people of joy? Shouldn't we be known as a people who have great satisfaction with life? Because uh, we rejoice in him always. It doesn't matter the weather, it doesn't matter the situation, it doesn't matter the circumstance, it doesn't matter who the president is, it doesn't matter who's in Congress, we got Jesus. And God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's interesting that the ministry of reconciliation goes hand in hand with the third one. Look at verse number 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Let's talk about the word of reconciliation. The truth of the gospel message is the word of reconciliation. And that word of hope, that word uh, of God's good news has com- been committed to God's children. I think we know that the world around us desperately needs this message. But, you know, if we don't speak it, who will? I don't think CNN is going to talk about it. I don't think Channel 7 News is going to talk about it. It's not going to be broadcast on the sports network. Progressive movie studios aren't looking to share the gospel. TikTok users aren't throwing it out there. Who's going to do it? Whose job is it to offer the word of reconciliation? Jude says that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It was delivered to the saints. Only God's children carry the message of the gospel because only God's children have received the message of the gospel. And you can't carry the message unless you've received the message. You know, most of God's children are not regularly telling others the good news. In fact, Uh, I I was reading some surveys uh, that have been found in periodicals and books. You know what it tells us? Over 50% of people who call themselves Christians have never once told anyone the good news about Jesus Christ. That's alarming, right? Jesus didn't give us the great suggestion, okay? He gave us the great commission, Uh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he didn't leave it up to professionals. Uh, He left it up to amateurs. This mandate is given to every spirit-filled believer. And once again, it starts by talking about hope. Now, step away from 2 Corinthians for just a minute, and I want you to look over to 1 Peter chapter 3. And once you get there in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, we're going to read verse number 15 together. Okay, so get over to verse number 15. 1 Peter 3, 15. Look what it says. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope That is in you with meekness and fear. Now, let's do a a logic exercise together, all right? I want you to think of the answer to this question. Why would someone ask you a reason of the hope that is in you? Why would someone ask you a reason of the hope that is in you, right? It seems to me that they would only ask you about hope if they thought that you have. Hope, right? Doesn't that make sense? Like, why, why would somebody ask you about, uh, you know, how's that Mustang run if you don't have a Mustang, right? It just doesn't make any sense. But if they see you get out of a Mustang, they're, how's that Mustang run, right? Do you like your Harley? How, why do they think you like Harleys? Because you're driving a Harley. Why do they think you have hope? Because you have shown them that you have hope. So how does another person know that you have hope? Well, let's go logical once again. Well, they either heard you talk about it, or they see it in your daily lifestyle, right? If you're gonna be in the business of hope, you have to be ready to give an answer when people ask you about hope. If you're gonna be an appliance salesman, okay, you have to be able to answer questions about appliances, If you're going to be an interior decorator, you got to be able to answer questions about color families and paint sheens, and you have to know the word feng shui, right? And if you're going to be in the hope business, you have to be ready to answer questions about hope. But most of the time, it won't be somebody coming up to you saying, could you please tell me about the hope of Jesus? Right? It might be, Why are you always so happy, right? How are you so content with life? How do you always stay so encouraged, right? How is it that your marriage works and mine doesn't? Uh, Why do I hate myself so much? There are thousands of questions that people will ask of a believer that go back to the word of reconciliation. See, as believers, we know, we got to know this up front, the primary need of all people is salvation through Jesus Christ, but they don't know that. They have all sorts of pressing needs, but they don't point it back to the primary need. They just say, my life stinks right now, right? My relationships are tough. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with life. Those are pressing needs. And it's our job to help guide them from their pressing need to their primary need. That's what 1 Peter 3.15 is all about. That's what the word of reconciliation about is about. It's about moving regular conversation toward the only hope for all mankind. And we should ask God every day to give us opportunities for a word of reconciliation. Because if we don't speak it, they may never hear. And God has committed this word to us. Now that's what leads us to this final part of the message. If You go back to 2 Corinthians 5. I want to read there this powerful verse, verse number 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Let's talk about being ambassadors for Christ. This verse clearly gives this term, ambassadors for Christ. All believers are ambassadors for Christ. Now, uh, an ambassador should accurately represent the interests of the country he he represents, that he's there in the place of. Uh, Otherwise, He's not a very good ambassador, right? It is sobering to think that we have been assigned to be representatives of Christ on this earth. And when we speak to people, this verse says that we literally are speaking in Christ's stead. We are speaking to them as if Jesus were actually speaking to them. Now, that is as serious a job as we could possibly have. We are eternal first responders. We are ambassadors for Christ himself. Did you know that as a Christian, as an eternal first responder, your job is more important than any earthly first responder? Because you're dealing with an eternal soul. And the people that you save from choking or you pull out of a car accident or you pull out of a burning house here, you know what's going to happen to them all? They're still going to die. And they're still going to spend eternity. Every person that Jesus ever healed in the Gospels still died and still spent eternity somewhere. And being an eternal first responder is the most important job that there is. This should cause us to regularly consider How well we're reflecting the words and actions of our Savior. Boys and girls, teens, men, women, every single believer is an ambassador for Christ. Now, you might not be a good one. Uh, I know there are times when I haven't represented Christ's free will. And I've failed in my role as an ambassador. But I do desire to reflect who Jesus is by what I say, by what I do, by how I live. And that's our faith challenge today. Every Christian is called to be a minister of reconciliation. We said before, hope is our business. How's business? And uh, every Christian, uh, because we are called to offer hope to, to other people, we have to understand that this is the number one job God's given us. It is more important than any other role we've been given in this life. Some of you are terrific moms. Some of you are good dads. Some of you are grandparents who have given out more candy and fudge sickles than any other grandparent on the planet. But your most important role is to be an ambassador for Christ. It's your biggest job. God has given to you the ministry, the word, and the job of being an ambassador for Christ. That is literally the most important role you have. Hope is the business that God has given us. Now let's read the last verse. Uh, One of my favorite verses in all the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 21. For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, Jesus knew no sin, and yet he made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is double substitution, right? Our sin goes on Jesus, Jesus' righteousness goes on us. It is the biggest transaction that can ever be made in a human soul where God would say that I'm righteous and that you're righteous. We can never be righteous on our own. But when Jesus takes our sins, he gives us his righteousness. And that is the hope of the world, the hope of glory. Colossians 1 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But if we don't ever tell anybody about our hope, How will they know? If we don't ever tell anybody about our hope, how could it possibly be our business, right? Let's say you're a vacuum salesman cleaner, right? And yet you go through 30 years and you never tell one person about a vacuum. Could I just ask you a simple question? How in the world could you call yourselves a vacuum salesman? It's not going to happen, right? If you are that, then you do that. And if you are an agent of hope, if you're an ambassador for Christ, your job is to spread hope to this world. Today and tomorrow and next week and the week after, and to keep coming back to the foot of the cross and to remember what Jesus has done for you and the benefits that he's laid upon your life. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. We thank you for being merciful to us, sending Jesus to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, how wonderful you've been to us. How gracious and merciful you've been to us. I pray that we would extend that mercy and that grace and that hope to the people around us. Help us not to keep it secret and hidden, but to show forth your salvation from day on day. Bless us now as we go through this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we-